I know we're calling it the Marty Wildwood Pleasure Pack. Wasn't that hazy? Like, wasn't that a thing? I'm convinced there was some kind of pleasure pack out there where it was half, I don't know what beer company, I was never really a massive beer drinker, but I think there was like a <laughs> a pleasure pack of like Canadians and Coors Lights or something. I think and you're, I, I you're don't probably know. right. You're probably right. I mean, I, I don't see why not. I mean, the thing is about beer now, it's become so specific. Like the IPA industry has, oh, has exploded. Man. They're loud, eh? The IPA people, loudest. they let you know that the they loudest are IPA people. people. Loudest Dude, me and people. my buddies growing up, like we did the trek to Muskoka to my cottage, and we would get 20 cases of just Bud Light. Right, like, exactly. That was it. There was no, like... <laughs> There was not a case of 24 with 24 different beers. Six bush lights, six bud lights, <laughs> I love them, tall boys. That's exactly what it was. And now it's individual IPAs. Like some guy will go in, it's like shopping for vegetables. Like, all right, I got to get a couple of these. I want to get a couple of those. I got to get one of those. He can I tell really you all the like tasting that. notes, too. Like he knows Always. exactly what to look for. And Always. All kinds my of cousin, My cousin, the Deuce, he's, he's got that routine going. He likes a little bit of that and then maybe one of these. I don't get it. I, I just, when I used to drink cold beers, man, it was Bud Light, and that's it. I'm with you. Give me, I, call me a Neanderthal, whatever. I'm good with just a beer, a standard domestic beer, and and, and I'm fine with that. And yeah. that's what I'm looking for, and that's what I'm seeking out. If you ever I don't come need over a little pumpkin house, spice. If you guys you ever know, come in, over. Included in my beer. It's Peroni or it's Moretti. That's it. That's all we have. I like stocked. both. I I used okay. to like both of those <laughs> brands. Those were you go to a good little Italian spot. Yeah. And ice cold Peretti. Peroni. I think you just Peroni? married the two. A Peroni. Peroni. A, I've had a Peroni. I think it's a good beer. A Coroni. I mean, is it any different than than a, a Bud Light or I, it, I don't know? Yeah, I think over here on this side of the pond, it's all pretty similar. Like when you're I think in there's Europe, dudes, I think there's dudes where if you fired out a Bud Light, they'd be like. Nah, I'd prefer not to have. Oh, well, I, that's I have just that. not uh, feasible. Not in this country. <laughs> I have that. I have those guys. Like in my my little na- my neighborhood, I got a lot of great guys. Buddies, and you and fired that. out a cold beer that was just the standard light beer. They'd say, actually, no thanks. Well, that's I'm known as that guy. I'm known as the outcast. Like, okay, if if we're going to their house, they got to go out and get, you know, Bud Light or Coors Light or so. You know, they got to go get that because because he's coming over. Where the rest of them will be drinking. Whatever IPA is is ready, you know, or what? Yeah, whatever it happens to be that they're down at the LCBO buying all these different types of IPAs and individual beers and independent breweries and yeah. There's and, politics involved in that though, Hazy. Like if you're the guy on the street who's just stocks like Bush Lights, and there's a guy on the street that's stocking Stella and something a little more pricey. Like there's there's some yeah. chatter. There's chatter there. There there can be can be chatter. I guess you're right on that and. uh Hey, listen, I, I I think if it's cold, that's all you really need to know. Right? Can I have two liters of pop? Can I have two <laughs> liters of pop? That's what we really need to get to the bottom of right now. Can I get to two liters of pop? I got a web hazy bee. I just okay. thought of one during the what break. Do you have? I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan, and my team just went 6-4 and four in their last 10. Now they're two points ahead of Columbus. I'm what a little do concerned. I have to do to put a needle into that problem, Doctor Hazy? B. Yeah, you've you've got symptoms that are indicating <laughs> you guys are going to ruin the Bedard chase. Uh, That's the only, serious business. 
positive spin I can put on that is hockey gods, which is not medical whatsoever, not scientific whatsoever, is the idea that maybe you keep trying and somehow the lottery balls fall fall your way. And there's one other element on the medical field. You can go into the morgue and grab a rack and put goalie equipment on it, and that's your goalie the rest of the year. Right. There is too many saves and too many goals. It's crazy that they're winning right now. Like, Kyle Davidson must be pulling his hair out watching that. Well, when they laid a beating on Ottawa the other night, that is... Why? Exactly. Why? And you're probably looking at Ottawa saying, guys, you're so desperate. You have to win. You have to get these points. What are you thinking beating Most bizarre result of the season. One team's dying to win, and the other team is dying to lose, and it's a complete flip-flop. Did you see that roster? Like, there's not a lot on that roster that might be playing on other teams, let's say. Yeah, I think Webb Hazy B can also respond with, you still have time. Have you looked at that roster? They're more than capable of going 16 and... You know, sixteen straight losses. So you're saying it's four to six weeks, essentially. My my diagnosis is things will be okay in about four to six weeks. I'm I'm hoping that's the case. And if they're not, maybe visit an actual doctor. Right. (laughs) If not, go and actually visit and consult with an expert. Because really, the only way you're going to know if it worked out for you, if you're Chicago, if you're Columbus, now Anaheim, Arizona, is if you win. If you win the lottery. Right, like it's it all comes to. It's funny how now that we're through the deadline, there are there's two conversations. There's the playoff conversation and there's the Bedard conversation. If you're in the middle of it, you are so irrelevant. Like you are so irrelevant. If you're just the tenth worst team in the league, but you got no chance of getting in. No, you know, like if you're Washington, Florida, I, like they might still get in. It's it's possible they get on a heater. If you're Nashville, although they've gotten better recently, Calgary might be the best example. Like you're just you're not in on Bedard, you're not really in a playoff pursuit, you're just there. If it's you're, just a formality that you have to play every couple of nights. If you're you know, in that pack forward. of six teams, you know there's a pack of there's like a six pack there near near the bottom of the standings. I wonder how hard the management groups of those teams are gonna be pushing here to try and get to the bottom. Don't you think it's worth it? Of course it is now. You've gone this far. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're it's horrible. not about integrity at this point. You're no. in March. Yeah, yeah you're, you, you've gone through the trade deadline. You've traded away your pieces. You've played 63, 64 games. you got 18 left. Be terrible. You're terrible, awful anyway. You're terrible. awful anyway. But, you know, if you're Detroit, if you're, if you're Washington, if you're St. Louis, you just don't exist. You're not really in Worst on the door unless you get remarkably lucky and you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, here's Darren Dreger, a TSN Hockey Insider. You see it that way, Dregs? Like, now it's everyone, you either go one of two ways. You're either in on the Bedard sweepstakes or you're going to the playoffs, you know, or fighting for the playoffs. If you're in that middle ground, what are you doing right now? Yeah, the middle ground is tough. And, you know, I heard you guys talking about, you know, some of the things that we've seen, like Chicago beating uh, Ottawa the other night. Like, that that can't happen. Like, especially with what the Ottawa Senators are trying to do. And then, you know, you look at the Montreal Canadiens and they're trying to meddle in and uh, you know, some of the lower teams as well. But this is where, again, tanking takes another shot in the throat because you know, the managers now have been able to do what they're going to do, trade their assets, make their team as weak as they can for the purpose of, of finishing as low as they can in the standings. But 
it comes down to players wanting to play. And in that game specifically, if we're looking at Ottawa and Chicago, um, I mean, like Ottawa was playing great up till that game. Like Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, everybody had everything going leading up to that game. So how do you describe a letdown like that where, you know, a borderline NHL team like the Chicago Blackhawks at that point, you'll blank the Ottawa Senators. So that's, again, another example of, of why the tank nonsense never makes sense to me. There's, there's, there's so much um, parity that exists around the National Hockey League, even though we can look at the, the rosters and go, well, you can't compare Chicago to Ottawa or Chicago to most teams in the NHL. At the end of the day, the players want to play. And if one team is more ready than the other, I guess that's what happens. Now more than ever, Darren, like this kid is so special as a talent. Once you get him, whoever it is, you better get your act together immediately with the way that after three years they can kind of assess the situation. Like whoever gets this guy better say we are like gas pedal for now on. Yeah. No, you're not wrong, though. And and look at the way that, you know, teams have, have developed and then had to pay for these young players so quickly out of the gate. So automatically you know that whoever wins the guard sweepstakes is going to sign him immediately to his entry-level contract. He is going to then earn all of the bonuses that he's entitled to. Um, so you get to entry-level, and then his second contract is going to be a meaty one, but he controls all of that. And then you move forward from there. Now, we're assuming that this kid is going to, going to be as good at the NHL level as he appears to be. I mean, how do we know, right? Like, I mean, he's lighting the Canadian Hockey League on fire, but you still need to see it at the NHL level. But that's, that's the challenge that has pushed NHL teams into a real predicament. And that's not new. That's the way it's been. So that second contract is going to be a meaty one. So if if you're the lucky team that gets Connor Bedard, you'd better have him insulated pretty much as soon as he comes onto the scene because those entry-level contract years matter. And then by the time he gets into a second contract, you know, you're probably thinking that you should be not only a playoff contending team, but maybe a team that's ready to take a swing at it by – year four or five of his NHL career. Dregs, he talked about the Ottawa Senators going into Chicago and losing that game. feels like every game now is critical for that team if they want to make the playoffs. And now they're going on this West Coast swing. Cam Talbot's hurt. They're going to have to rely on two kids in net. Like, how big are the stakes here for for this group? And, and like, is this make or break with this road trip? Yeah, it really is. It it is, Frankie. And, and, you know, I've, I've kind of been a pessimist with the Ottawa Senators this year and was proven wrong until that Chicago game. I mean, you know, the way that they gutted it out and literally forced Pierre Dorian, the the manager, and then the board of the Ottawa Senators, who are kind of, you know, bridging between new ownership and and what they have in management, they forced Dorian and company to bring in Jake Chikrin. I mean, Chikrin landed in the lap after all was said and done. But still, I mean, Dorian had promised that. So based on the level of play and the promises that he made, he he pulled the trigger and he fulfilled his promise. And the team has responded since. So I'm more curious to see how they move forward after that loss. 
I'm a big believer in Brady Kachuk. I am. I think that he's well flanked by the talent that they have there. So you inject Chikrin into that mix. Their defense is good now. Maybe they need a bit more from Tom Shabbat. Uh, Claude Giroux has been light so good. I just wonder now at this stage of the regular season whether it's too little or too late. They need help, right? They're doing everything they can do. Um, yeah, step back against the Blackhawks, but they're going to need some help from either the Islanders or the Pittsburgh Penguins, Florida, whatever. Go down the list. I don't, you know, how can they run the table from this point till the end of the reg- regular season? It feels like that's what they might have to do, you know, if those teams don't take a step back. With Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider, uh, which which market, or I guess which team is, is panicking more right now or freaking out more? Is it Calgary or Winnipeg? Uh, probably Winnipeg, Brian, to be fair. And, and I think, unfortunately for Calgary, you know, they've had enough of it over the course of this year. Yeah, there's a bit of a bounce back by Jacob uh, Markstrom, but not enough. Like, their goaltending has been wildly inconsistent. The Huberto uh, story has been well told to this point. Um, you know, go down the list. And, and on top of that, you've got an expiring contract with the GM, an expiring contract with, uh, I think, everybody on the coaching staff, with the exception of Daryl Sutter. There's lots of wonder about what the offseason is going to look like, but we're not really talking about the roster. And when you look at the roster of the Winnipeg Jets, and, you know, I guess we got to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Like, maybe they, they get it back online and they go deep into the Western Conference playoffs. I mean, that'll play itself out. When you've got a goaltender like Connor Hellebuck, it's conceivable, but he's part of the equation here. So automatically we're looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois. And has enough been accomplished, or will it be accomplished, uh, by the time he has to make a decision? Everybody outside of Winnipeg believes this kid is likely leaving or wants to leave. Well, then what happens after that? What do you do with Mark Scheifele? There's lots of speculation around him. And if you lose two key forwards or you make a decision to move, then you bring Hellebuck into the conversation. The offseason in Winnipeg, I think, is going to be a tremendous story. Yeah, that one's going to get spicy, man. Why the I hell mean, does Dubois want to leave? He just wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens, and that's well, it? There's no other team in the world? I don't know. I mean, that's 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 what people have speculated on. Um, and we can understand that. Yeah. But, I mean, I know. Look, I mean, you know, he, he I, I sat with him prior to the start of the season, and he talked about just wanting to keep his options open and make sure – that, that he had the ability to decide. And I appreciate that. I do. And the restricted free agents have maybe never had more uh, influence or, or collateral than they have now, especially when you're talking about a guy like that. But I also know that Winnipeg looks at Pierre-Luc Dubois as a big part of the future. If he decides to leave, it's not going to be because Winnipeg didn't, you know, ante up and didn't offer term or offer top dollar. If he decides to, to, to force uh, uh, you know, a trade, then that's going to be because maybe he wants to play in Montreal or wants to play somewhere else. Dregs. Go Phil, ahead, Frankie. Dregs, sorry, Hazy. Dregs, Philly, Detroit, or Washington? Which one of those three teams, I guess, turns it around quickest and turns into a playoff team in the near future? Uh, well, it's not going to be Philadelphia. So I'm looking at Washington or I'm looking at Detroit. 
and uh, maybe Washington because I know that that Brian McClellan, the GM there and ownership, wants to be really, really active and aggressive. You know, they have a deep appreciation for what Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom have done for uh, for the Washington Capitals. So in saying that, they want to make sure that, you know, the the changes that they made leading up to the, the trade deadline aren't going to cripple them. And I think we can see a little bit of the nibbling, but I think that the Colin is going to be super, super aggressive in the offseason to make sure that, Obi has another crack, you know, continuing the record chase, and then maybe another Stanley Cup. That might seem a bit far-fetched. Well, Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Um, looking at the Leafs' dregs, there's been a lot of shuffling, you know, basically all all three layers of the team, forwards, defensemen, and goaltender. Which one piques your interest the most between now and, and game one of the playoffs? What's going to happen in net, how the deep pairings are going to shake out, or how the lines shake out assuming health? Oh, that, I mean, a great question. Um, I don't know, to be fair, because, you know, again, with, with O'Reilly out, and, and we expect Tavares to be back for the weekend, so that's not a problem. I just There's such a, a level of, of, of tweaking that Sheldon Keefe is, is able to do here up front. So how much tinkering does he do before he settles in? to what he perceives to be his four lines. Now it changes when O'Reilly comes back in the mix. And, you know, just kind of rides with that and lets the chemistry develop. But then you do look, that to me is as big a question mark as as any. I, I mean, maybe last night aside, it, it felt like Morgan Riley was kind of coming back into form. And then for a couple of periods last night against the Devils, he, he didn't look right again. So, how much of that do the coaches see? And if you get those first two areas covered off, maybe you don't have to worry about your goaltending. I mean, you guys watch the game closely. Um, I, and maybe the bigger question is going to be, is there much debate as you close in towards the end of, of the second half of the regular season and on the cusp of the playoffs as to who you start first? Like Samsonov kept that team in the game in the first period, right? I mean... He was really, really good. So I'm not, I'm not as worried about goaltending as I might be. The tinkering and the experimenting and the chemistry experiments that are going to happen on defense and up front. Dregs, big picture with the league. It seems like you go on Twitter every once in a while nowadays, and there's like a skyline of a city, and it's like, oh, maybe coming soon. Like, are you getting the sense that we just got Seattle, we got Vegas not too long ago. Are you getting the sense yeah. that the NHL is ready for expansion again? Well, no, oh, but I think way, the NHL <laughs> there's not I enough think, good players in the league right for the league right well, now. How the hell are you going to put another team in? Look, and and honestly, oh, it wasn't that long ago where you know the executives of the NHL, not the owners, the owners want their slice of the pie, but the managers and the scouting staffs are going exactly what you said. There just aren't that many good quality players. You know, across the globe, you're going to get a watered that, down product that's nonsense gonna, and it's garbage. Hundred percent. But you know, when you're getting six hundred, seven hundred, a billion dollars for a franchise or or an expansion franchise, I mean, money talks, right? And you know, the the owners are saying, "All right, okay, well, let's let's figure out a way to make that work." Um, 
I know that there's been speculation around uh, what is Atlanta and what Houston. Houston has been speculated for how many years? Decades. Like I can go back to the '90s and recall the speculation around Houston potentially. I think it was Edmonton that was speculated on going to Houston. I played point. against the Houston Arrows in the American League. Dregs. There yeah. were 14 people there. I mean, honestly, <laughs> and I know, like, hey, there are wealthy people. We're seeing that now in, in Ottawa, although I think Bruce, Bruce Garriott, the Ottawa son, has a story coming out. You know, maybe the bidding list isn't as long as what was expected with the Ottawa Senators' purchase. I mean, they seem to be the hot ticket, and that's because they're the only franchise that legitimately is for sale across the board. So now you're you're considering Atlanta as an option? Uh, I mean, again, be. I... I'm just going based on speculation. I'm trying to think of the guy's name now. He's a proper, like an enormous developer there, and he's bought a bunch of land and all of that. But come on, like, what are Get we doing? Serious, man. It, I'm not worried about I, talent. I'm more worried about how you're going to put a third team in Atlanta. Like, it's already Batman failed twice. Batman will try uh, it. How do you stay I in Arizona for this long? They're playing at a university right now. Yeah, that's your answer. This, hey, Web Hazy B, there's your answer. This is the commissioner's office. You know, how many times has Bettman, like, other than dealing with the Players Association, where he wants to pound his fist onto the table because, you know, here's what we're doing and it's up to them to change our minds, all of that. Like, when you talk expansion, you talk about any sort of potential mega money maker, you're, you're not likely ever going to get the commissioner to give a hard no. But he's been asked about it recently and, you know, both he and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly acknowledge that it's it's not front burner. So I'm I'm curious where the speculation is coming from. So I don't think it's on the radar front burner anytime soon. All right, Drex. We'll leave it there. Good stuff, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Okay, boys. Have a good one. Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Yeah, Atlanta for a third time would be no, a disaster. It, In Houston, I just – it's again, it's not a hockey market. It's a massive market. And so is Atlanta. That, I understand the reasoning behind the the size of the two markets. Those are two of the ten biggest markets in the U.S. And you want to be represented there, but you've tried it, you know, in different capacities, literally with NHL teams in Atlanta. And Houston, you know, like you said, they had the American Hockey League team forever. No one was paying attention. It wasn't on the radar. No. And uh, yet it, it would cost a lot of money. So that means the money would spread out, you know, post-COVID. Maybe you make up some of the money you lost in the past. And mm-hmm. and this is know. just not pumping the tires of, like, you know, Canadian markets. But when you got a venue and, and a, a market like Quebec City sitting there that's dying to get a team back, and you want to show up back in Atlanta, and I know there's, there's a lot of things that are involved in a transaction like that, but that just seems absurd, man. Yeah, that'll be tough to chew on. For sure, I, I, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But it it probably will. They'll keep expanding. Like yes, the product will be watered down, but the players' association won't complain. It's more jobs, less escrow. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Like you know, why not? Fine, add another fifty jobs. You know, forty six jobs or whatever. Bring it on. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs> toilets, toilets, toilets. <laughs> That's where we're at today. Joe All right, from the bridge. Hang hang on a sec. Put up the put up the graphic. Put up the graphic for... The, there ah, we go. There it wow. is. Wow. Look at that guy. He looks that, like McDreamy. Holy crap. That, that is, is a, a deep V. Look. 
That is deep, a deep V. That's from our buddy Jesse, who's a fan of the show and a great guy. Shout, Shout out. out to Jesse. Yeah, that does have a, a Grey's Anatomy, like, early years. Mick Dreamy. Dude, you know that's the, you. Like, the, you're going straight to the patio after that. Yeah, I am. I'm putting in a late shift, though. Grey's Anatomy, they always stick around. Right. If you uh, were a we were doctor, bar, if you but... were a doctor, would you wear the grubs or scrubs or whatever they're called? Yeah, it's got to be bar? scrubs. It's got to be hairy chest scrubs. to the bar. Uh, not to the bar. No, no, no you, you, you I it up. You know who he bar, is, though. But... He's scrubs in the hallway between surgeries, practicing his golf swing, and he's practicing both ways, right sure. and left. If you have, listen, I know what I'm doing. Right, like surgeons know what they're doing. You know, we get asked about it all the time. People that don't do what we do, they're like, do you get nervous? I'm like, no, we do this every day. If you're a surgeon, that's what you do. There was right? no better line than when you got a, like a cut over the eye and you just got the suit on, nice restaurant. What happened? I was playing against the Blackhawks and the guy you know, <laughs> got his stick up. and, and then, yeah. it, was, it was a convo It's an icebreaker. Yeah. It, it oh, was that was an, an absolute did you, icebreaker? And yeah. did you go, oh, you should see the other guy? No, that, that's, that's know, an icemaker. That's, that's a cheesy uncle. That's an icemaker. That, that's that an puts ECHL comment, and it's <laughs> never allowed yeah. in the national. That's exactly. the guy who played against the Houston Arrows yeah. right there. That's, in front of 14 that's a people. Arrows comment. Yeah. All right, yeah. Frankie, you're off doing panel work tonight? Yeah. All right, buddy, thanks for this. We appreciate it. See ya. Thank you. You got it, Frankie Corrado. Todd Lewis will join us from the Golf Channel, and we got golf picks still to come. I think it's a three-pack, maybe a five-pack. We'll talk. Why don't, why don't we go 20? Straight no, we're not going to get line. silly. It's, we're not going to get crazy. But ten like, max, want, ten max. No, I think we, I, a five or six pack with a Canadian. You know, we'll figure it out. All right, we'll five pack out. Canadian done. Five pack and a Canadian, perfect. With a possible add-on at the end. Overdrive continues. TSN ten fifty and on TSN two. All right, the Raptors in action tonight in LA. You can hear it right here on TSN radio. Steve Ballmer, I assume, will be there. Should be sitting on a toilet courtside at crypto.com that's the way you promote your new building let everyone know it's coming that you're out of there soon the funny business playing second fiddle to the lakers is over and you're on your way to a new stadium in la in a couple of years toilets for everybody everyone gets a toilet everybody interesting vibe though new building and it's like that building in la right now is right in the thick of it Mm mm-hmm and the other one wasn't. So that is a vibe in itself, how it translates. Very because... true. L.A.'s a weird town, though. Like, there isn't really a thick of it, right? Like, there isn't. Yeah, you're right. But that was in the thick of it, the one that's there now. Yes, absolutely. And they built around it. And uh, what do they call it? L.A. Live, I think. Like, it's, it's a scene now for sure. Uh, it's going to be a scene down at Sawgrass this week. The players beginning tomorrow. All the big boys on the PGA Tour are there except for Tiger Woods. Tiger is not there. Uh, mm-hmm. Tiger, we expect, will be at Augusta in about a month. But to uh, tee up this tournament, we'll head down to uh, the Jacksonville area. Here is Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. How you doing, Todd? Hey, Brian, Jeff. I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're looking forward to a big tournament. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, the prize money is through the roof. How, how big of a part of the reporting is simply how much money is on the line this week? <laughs> well, uh, it, it's a part of it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the, the players um, on both sides of the agenda here, I'm talking about the PGA Tour and Live Golf, they have greatly benefited. Uh, their accountants and their agents and their significant others are very happy <laughs> with how much money they're playing for right now. 
Todd, yeah, what, is, what, what, what is the deal with, I know there was a, a lot made of James Hahn and some of his comments. Like, what, what is the gripe, if, if you want to call it that, for the so-called lesser lights that's not a Tiger or a Rory or a Scheffler that are not in these elevated events all the time? Like, what is their main complaint about all this? Well, I think they've had a taste of these designated events. Uh, with the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the WM Phoenix Open, the Genesis Invitational, and these, as you call them, lesser-known players. Those are players that are farther down in the world rankings, that are farther down in the FedEx Cup point standings. They, they've had a taste of this, and they know what it's like, and they've picked up checks significantly more money than they have in these tournaments in the past. So they, they obviously want to have these opportunities to continue to play in these events, because they feel as if they are full members. Uh, they finished inside uh, the top, what was the top 125 in the FedEx Cup standings. So they, they feel like if you're 125th uh, in the standings and you're a PGA Tour member, you're just, you should have just as many playing rights as Rory Mack or John Rahm. But that's, that's not going to happen starting next year. You've got to, if you're a lesser-known player or you're not playing as well, I'll, let's say that, if you're not playing as well, then you've got to work harder. You've got to play better and earn your way into these designated events to to play for this bigger money. So that's the gripe. They feel like they're not getting as many opportunities, and they're not. This is, this is the truth, actually. They're not getting as many opportunities to play in these bigger money events as they, they should. Todd, with regards to the no-cut events, I heard Scotty Scheffler describing it and how it can benefit the fans. Are, are you buying that as, like, a reasonable explanation to the no cut events or like like he he was saying you know if a kid likes me and i'm not playing that well he can come see me earlier in the weekend whatever which is it sounds reasonable but it also kind of sounded like you know this is a response to live and we want to make a bunch of money and we don't want to be exactly fighting that hard for it well there's a couple of things in the designated events that that i mentioned earlier that we have seen we have had some phenomenal finishes and some great amazing winners. yeah it's been fun i mean you look at that leaderboard last week in orlando at bay hill it looked like a major championship leaderboard you had speed you had scheffler you had Roy mcelroy um you know and you had the other guys trying to make a name for themselves and kirk kitayama who ultimately won harris english was in the mix i mean it was it was compelling uh so these these bigger events have so far proven to be very exciting for the fans, and the ratings are showing that. I, the, the thing that is positive for the fans with these new designated events is that the players, these stars, are going to play more often together. Uh, and that has not been in the case. Uh, it hasn't been as consistent in years past. So you, you know when you show up at the next designated event that's on the calendar, that all these big names are going to be in the field, just as they are here this week at the players. And, and for, for fans, that's great. With Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel, um, you look at the, the four elevated events um, so far, the Tournament of Champions, that, that's Kapalu. It's a, it's a smaller amount of players. All the big boys are there anyway. But Rom wins that. Waste management, Scheffler wins that, Rom wins at Riv. So the first three, it's Rom, Scheffler, Rom. And then Kitayama wins this weekend. But as you said, Rory was there, Scheffler was there, JT was there. And I'm I'm trying to figure out as a golf fan myself, are these guys more is this a coincidence 
that all the big boys are like hunting down these elevated events or are they inspired more by the amount of money or do you think it would happen anyway is there that big of a separation between the top seven eight guys and everyone else well i think they're the better players there's no doubt about it uh, i mean world rankings uh, fedex cup standings they're statistically going to prove that they are the better players so more often than not, as we have seen this year with the elevated events, the stars have, you know, have, have played well and won. And Kitayama, hey, look, Kitayama is not a, a terrible player. He mm-hmm. he was top thirty-five in the world when he won last weekend. It's not some kind of fluke if you follow golf. Um, so yes, the better players. Uh, I th- I feel like they are, in my opinion, in talking to them, there is a sharper focus, knowing that they, you know, are essentially playing. You know, about 16 major championships a year now. I mean, I know they're not labeled as major, but you're going to have a field just about as strong as them. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's exciting for them because they obviously want, you know, the great athletes, you guys know this, but they want to, they want to compare themselves to the best. They want to go out and try to beat the best. Uh, they wouldn't be at that level if they if they didn't have that attitude. And so this this is intense out here. And and like I said, the fans are. are definitely reaping the benefits. Todd, we were talking about the Masters around the corner yesterday, and if Augusta National would have an understanding for the golf fan that loves theater, possibly putting Rory and Patrick Reed in the same pairing, something to that effect, do you think there will be anything like that, or will it be live guys in their own group and they don't want any issues? I don't want to say issues, Uh, but you know, I think people would love that theater. The question is, would Augusta National? I, well, to be honest with you, I, I, I think that this is my feeling. Uh, I feel like there will not be any separation. Live golfers are going to play together, and the PGA Tour players are going to play together. I think there will be uh, some mixing and matching of these players. Um, I think there will be some uncomfortable moments for these players from Live and for some of the players in the PGA Tour. Um, Especially that Tuesday night for the Champions oh, yeah. Center, because oh, yeah. because in that room, in that room, will be, as you mentioned, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, and Phil Mickelson. Uh, so, uh, you know, and also in that room is Tiger Woods and other proponents of the PGA Tour. So, there will I feel like there may not be any words said, but there will be some uncomfortableness. There may be some friction here, here, there. It it, it won't be a it won't be a completely joyous gathering, a, a united gathering. That's that's what I'm seeing right now. It may oh. change in a few weeks, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a big headline heading into in, into that tournament. No doubt. I agree with you. And on top of it, even even the elder statesman, Gary Player has been very candid. Like he walks around with a Saudi golf hat. You know, he's sponsored by it. He's been pretty critical of guys being outspoken. He ain't bringing that hat there, Hazy. No, well, (laughs) he might. But the point being is, like, I would, I would assume Jack Nicklaus would side. You know, with with Tiger and the PGA. I don't. Player may side with Liv. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of an added intrigue to it. The older guys who are in the room and and they've got loud voices and and they've been a big part of this this golf world for a long time. And we're chatting with Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel. Is there is there one Liv player? That intrigues you the most showing up to Augusta? Um, yeah, it's Phil Mickelson, uh, it, without a doubt. I, I mean, he's a multi winner there at Augusta National, uh, but he he recruited players on the PGA Tour to to come to live. Um, he was basically 
the spinal cord of that body coming to life. Um, and, you know, he, and he's still been, you know, and he's still, even this week, uh, made some, um, made some claims that, that he presented Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA tour, uh, in a billion dollar investment for a series of events in the fall on the PGA tour. And, and Monahan wouldn't, would have no, nothing to do with it. Um, and so he's still, you know, he's still fighting and holding his position. I, I think Phil Mickelson is going to be the guy who's under the microscope the most uh, coming into the Masters, no doubt about it, especially if you consider he didn't play last year. Um, so, you know, this is, this is him coming back to where he's had his greatest moments, and Todd, he's going to have a lot of controversy swirling around him. Todd, do you think there's any way back? I know there was talk, and I, I don't know if it was documented. I don't know if there's any truth behind it. But the, the idea of a Brooks Kepka where it's like I can get my game back and I want to head back to the PGA Tour, the guy that fascinates me is Cameron Smith because I think he's going to be an all-timer. I mean, just the way the guy putts and he plays golf, I was somewhat shocked that he actually went. What, what if a guy like that tries to make their way back? Will there be any chance of that happening or no? Yeah, well, you know, that has been bounced around a lot. Actually, there's a lot of conversation about that this week, and, and we, the Golf Channel, have talked to several players about it, and you you hear a lot of of ideas. Some of them say no, no chance. You know, they they made their choice. Let them live with it. Um, others said, okay, if you want to come back, why you should pay back a lot of that money you got from the Saudis. Pay it back to the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, like what you weren't taxed on. Uh, you know, you you give that back to the PGA Tour, and maybe you could come back. Others are saying, "What you know? You got to earn your way back to the PGA Tour. You got to start on the Corn Ferry Tour again. You got to build your your stature back up. You're just like a guy who graduated college." Cam uh, Smith so, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Ooh, where can I, I bet mean, on that? I mean, yeah. So it's it. Yeah, again, these are hypotheticals, and 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 this, let's not forget, there's still lawsuits going around. There's still a whole bunch of legal wrangling. There's there's going to be decisions made not only on this tour that's going to involved live golf but also the dp world tour the european tour uh, so there's still a lot a lot of plot that's going to play out over the next few months slash years absolutely it'll be a fun one down there enjoy it todd we always appreciate you finding time for us thank you hey thank you honored to be with you thanks guys you got it todd lewis of the golf channel um you know they're live from the players Right, and then they'll be live at Augusta. Like it's go time now on the PGA Tour. You, mm-hmm. you, you got the big stuff coming up, and and Sawgrass. It's always in mint condition. It always looks great. Dude, Guys it's are my favorite place on earth. Uh, it's just so good. Yeah, it's a, and it's a. I love watching it. Like it's one of those tracks. You know, they go there every year. The <sighs> Golf Channel does a great job of breaking down every single hole, how it's played, where it can get you. Um, so we'll come back and get to our picks. All right, in terms of where things are going to stand. Um, last week, none of us had Kurt Kitayama. That would suggest it's my turn to pick first. I think yep. that's fair. So we'll do a five-pack, then a Canadian. So six picks coming up for the players. Get to our best bets. Brought to you by FanDuel as well. And the Raptors are in action tonight. We'll tee that up. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. Players championship taking place this week. TPC. Yep. It's a big one. And there's yes. a lot of great players that are going to be in hot demand in terms of who we want as our picks. All right? Fair. So we're going to do a five-pack and then a Canadian. All right? All good? 
Am I good to go first here? Yeah, and let me guess. Just put it down. I think I'm going to have to take John Rahm. I, <laughs> I think I will much. take John Rahm. He's, he's been that good. The idea of him winning a third elevated event scares me. I mean, again, like last week I told you, like this, he, he's not going to win every week. It's not possible. But he's, he's playing so well, I think he'll be in the mix. So I'll take John Rahm. I've got to go McElroy. I think he is not far behind that where it's like you're you're dumb if you don't take it. Yep. Um on FanDuel, this guy's paying, you know, plus nineteen hundred right now. And so you get nineteen to one odds on a former winner, a guy who won it two years ago, a guy who's loud, a guy who is a great player, but a guy who has not won and he's been watching everyone else do it. I'll take Justin Thomas. J T I think you just missed the boat on the guy that's probably going to win the golf tournament, and that's my friend Max Homa. Max Homa, you think so? Yeah, interesting. I think just it's just kind of it's a really tricky golf course, and this guy is not a bomber by any stretch. He does get it out there, but he is like just the shot making. You think of this tournament; it's a shot maker. Like mm-hmm. I just think of shot making, and he is one of the best. Yeah, they Brandel Shamley had a great breakdown last night about. How there have been guys who have won, who have hit the ball the furthest. Guys who have won, who have hit it. Fred Funk won there, dude. Fred Funk, who that name doesn't come up enough as the greatest name in sports history. Fred Funk, Frederick (laughs) Funk, where he threw his hat on the ground. He had a brutal celebration. But exactly, he was hitting the ball like 240 off the tee, and Fred Funk won it. 265 max out off the tee, and the guy won the players. Last year, Cam Smith didn't hit a fairway all week. He never hit the fairway, and he won the tournament. So it's, that's the nature of this course and, and this tournament. Um, I hate to keep going back to favorites and favorites and favorites. This guy's only paying 10 to 1, but how do you fade Scotty Scheffler in Can't. the third round of these Hasn't picks? had success on that track, though. It's just a matter of time. Best finish, him. 55. I'm not too concerned. Scott okay. Scheffler. Scott Scheffler. His caddy's mm-hmm. rude, too. It better not happen again. I like Jordan Spieth around that golf course. I know I go to him a lot, and it's weird to think that the way he's driving the golf ball, I would even think about picking him. But he just pops up and gets it done. I'm taking Giordano Spieth. I'm going to steal a guy from you who I think you're going to want to take, a past winner and a guy who's been lurking on leaderboards now for the better part of three or four months. Rick Hovland? Rick Fowler. Rick Fowler. Holy crap, I can't believe you took Rick Fowler. I finally Fowler. took Ricky Fowler, paying 55-1 to 1 on FanDuel right now. I, I Listen, he's had success there. He's playing very well. Like he's He is every week. You see him, you're like, that guy's in contention. He's got to get hot on a weekend. I'll take Ricky Fowler. Wow, that's something else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a bit of a wild card here. Not a wild card. I'm going to go Chris Kirk. I like the way wow. he moves that golf ball around that place. Chris Kirk. Okay. I'm going to go with a guy who looked really good last week. He loves Bay Hill. He always does. He, he's he's erratic. He's a loose cannon. He snaps. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton. I will take Tyrrell Hatton. I believe that's my fifth pick. Tyrrell Hatton, okay. my fifth and final pick, non-Canadian. I am going to take Rick Hovland. I like the way he pierces that golf ball with the mm-hmm. driver. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other guys I like. I want you to hear me out. 
Okay, are we adding to this already? Okay, go yes. ahead. What are you doing? Adding a two-pack on the end? Give me Just, two. Uh, Let's not get silly. I know. Let's not get silly. I want to take Billy Zaltz. I want to take Shoffley, and I want Keegan Bradley. Come on, dude. Dude, that's it. Shoffley. Okay, there's a three-pack, so now we're up to eight, which means I have to add Cantley, Morikawa. Ooh, those are good picks. Thigala. Thigala's wow. my guy. Thigala's going to he's going to hit one of these days. He's going to hit. He's too he good is. of a player. He he's is. he's always in the mix. All right, there it is. Canadian, who's up for the Canadian? Corey Connors for me. Okay, I'll take Nick Taylor. I like Nicky here. I like my boy Nick Taylor. He's dialed in. I got I got that from a source who was tracking him today, saying he looks great. I think Pendrith has got a chance. Adam Hadwood's been playing really well, actually. Like, there's there's a four-pack of Canadians. Yeah. Mackenzie Hughes, you know, it's, we're waiting for Mac to kind of get into it this year. But he's capable of doing it. He's won multiple times on tour. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I'm usually looking for position guys, like who's going to finish top 20. Top 10, top 5. You can find some pretty good odds there, and that's where I'm going to land here. Tyrrell Hatton, top 20, paying plus 150. I like it. Sam Burns never comes up anymore. We were picking him earlier in the year. He's been terrible. Like, he really I'm taking has. him. You can get one more guy. Dude. Burns. <laughs> All right, let me finish here. Sam Burns, top 20, paying plus 320. I like it. Kurt Kitayama to double down top 20, paying plus 410. I, li- I, think, he- I think he comes out of the shoot hot Thursday. You know, he's Take on him. a high place. Take well. him. He's not going to win the tournament. He's not going back-to-back. I, I just I, – I, I You don't... want Burns? I'll take Kitayama? No, I mean, now it's now we've cursed it. I'll take Kitayama. Fine. You can have Sammy Burns. <laughs> okay. uh, today's Best Bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sammy Burns, we'll see. He's too good of a player to be on the outside looking in all the time. Like, he's going to get hot. It's going to happen at some point. Maybe it's this week. All right, good stuff. Players tomorrow, Leafs back in action on Saturday. Raptors coming up uh, tonight on TSN Radio. They're in L.A. playing the Clippers. We're out of here. Enjoy your evenings. Enjoy the games tonight. We're back tomorrow at? Good evening, Dr. Hazy B. 4 p.m. We'll chat then.